What's going on, Red Rocks? How we doing? You guys good? You look great. Please take a seat. It is so good to see you. I hope you know how loved you are by God and how grateful we are that you're here. You've been prayed for this week. The chair you're sitting in has been prayed for. You are not here by coincidence. I just don't think God does coincidence. And so there's a reason that you're here. There's a reason you're tuning in online right now. And and thank you for showing up expectant and bringing the faith with you. I feel an atmosphere of grace in this room. And I, I pray that that's true. Every day that we gather, grace comes before truth. Now you need both grace and truth. They're in this divine dance with each other. And when that works in the right way, healing is possible and redemption and restoration and you find out quickly that not only does God love you exactly the way you walked in but he loves you way too much to let you walk out of here unchanged and that is amazing news that is a north star that cares about you finding your way and today when we uh, when we discuss with truth Um, Because we should, a a topic like pornography and sexual immorality, we can hear it and receive it through the filter of the grace of a God who has far more for you and far better for you than you might ever even realize in your time on earth. And so thank you for letting me share truth today. uh, I'm preaching from a topic that I have experience with. Um, Pornography was something that I was drowning in for years and something I found freedom from and healing from. I am a redemption story. And so if if I feel passionate today or fiery today, it's because I am. It's because I know the bondage that this is. And it's not because I read a Bible verse about it. It's because I have lived this and I have experienced this. And, And here's the thing. There's gonna be no altar call today, okay? I'm not standing up here and going, if you struggle with sexual immorality, get to the front right now. Maybe you have baggage because that happened to you at a different church, I don't know. I'm not gonna make you stand up on your chair and confess all of your stuff, okay? There's gonna be no stones thrown in here today. All we are doing is detabooing a topic that needs to be detabooed in the church. Look at Ephesians chapter five, verses 10 through 11. Carefully determine what pleases is the Lord. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness, but instead expose them. So I was going to call this message the porn talk, but honestly, that would be inaccurate, okay? I'm going to call this message the freedom talk, because the secondary topic today is pornography. The primary topic today is freedom, and the grace and the love and the mercy, the healing, the restoration and the freedom that is available to you in Christ Jesus, church. He has more for you and he always will. And today is about taking a small step or a big step out of bondage and isolation into freedom and community. What we're doing is we are glorifying God and his holiness by by exposing, by shining light on something that only has power and only thrives when it is hiding in the darkness because That's where shame can fuel it until you shine a light on it and all of a sudden it cowers next to Jesus and his majesty and his beauty and his glory. And that's what today's about, carefully determining what pleases the Lord. Take no parts in worthless deeds of evil and darkness, but instead expose them. Satan wants this sin secret because it only has power when it's in secret. And I'm coming at you today 
with grace that I have received and truth that I am working to live out in my own life. And I'm coming at you with, with education and information that I've learned from resources like fightthenewdrug.com. If you are struggling in any way, shape or form with sexual addiction or pornography, I wanna point you to that resource. It is an incredible website and education about how this affects your brain, your heart and our world might be the best place to start because once you see it and once you learn it, you can't unsee it. Fightthenewdrug.com. I've learned a lot from Pastor Matt Chandler at the Village Church in Dallas. I've learned a lot from brothers and authors Seth and David Taylor. From MyPilgrimage.com, who wrote a book called Feels Like Redemption. I've got my own experience, like I've already said, plus about a million and a half conversations with my brother. And today is going to be good. And all of us, regardless of if this is your struggle or not, we are all walking out of here educated, challenged, and full of hope. Nobody gets to leave here today feeling condemnation. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, amen? And if you struggle with any kind of secret sin, you need no help from me to feel shame, guilt, and condemnation. Between, between the devil and the lies you're telling yourself, are you kidding me? Which is why the greatest thing you might do today is memorize Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now conviction, absolutely. And conviction, do not roll your eyes at and do not be afraid of. Condemnation pulls you backwards using fear and shame. But conviction is Jesus gently sometimes and sometimes with a little ferocity and challenge inviting you forward into the more that he has for you. Do not be afraid of conviction today, but there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you might be under the impression you've got to clean your act up first and then come to God. You might be under the impression you've done too many bad things or you've, you've gone too far, seen too many dark things, engaged in too many dark activities, that you've, you've somehow exhausted the grace of God or that you've somehow ruined the plans that he has for your life. But let me just set you free right here and right now by saying this to you. I'm sorry, but you are not that powerful. And I'm sorry, but you need to get over yourself and receive grace because you're not that good even at messing up and even at sinning you are not that good Christianity says you are not loved because you can perform accordingly you're loved because Jesus already did that you're loved because God is who he says he is and murdered sin by being murdered on a cross he knew exactly what he was purchasing with his blood and he looks at you and has not a single drop of buyer's remorse which means he's not in love with the future version of you that's got all your stuff figured out and is no longer addicted to porn or struggling with A, B, or C. He is in love with the broken, flawed, imperfect version of you that you are today sitting in your seat right now. And so Jesus, convince us of that. In Jesus' name, would you convince us of that? Not just in an information kind of way, but God, a revelation. Plant that seed in our hearts. Transform us from the inside out that the starting point is grace and we never graduate beyond it, God. Would you join us here today and change testimonies in this room? We pray all of these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen, amen. All right, well, let's do this. Let's go. 1 Corinthians 6, 18, Paul says this, flee from sexual immorality. 
which right away, I said this last week, but you, you read that and go, that's dramatic, Paul. Like, ooh, flee from sexual immorality because all other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. The Greek word for sexual immorality is the word pornea or pornea. It's clearly where we get the word pornography. And Paul says, flee from it at all costs. Do not call wisdom legalism. Does that make sense? Do not call wisdom legalism. And so I, I first started following Jesus in college with Ryan and Ethan, and, and uh, we, were, we got thrown into a, into a group, a Bible study with a bunch of other knuckleheads just like us. All of us were just trying to figure out um, how to change a lot of stuff about our lives and start following Jesus. And there was one guy in our group, still one of my great friends to this day, and we will call him, we will, we will call him Jack. We'll call him Jack, Okay. That works, that's a good name. We'll call him Jack. Jack meets a girl at a party one Friday night. We'll call her Rose. These are not their real names, but this is a real story, okay? So Jack meets Rose at a party in Boulder, and they hit it off, and they have a few drinks. And long story short, Jack goes with Rose back to her dorm room. Now pause on the story before it gets PG-13. Earlier that day in our Bible study, we were going through Genesis and reading the story of Joseph, the guy with the amazing Technicolor dream coat, but that's not all he was known for. He was also, uh, he, he got promoted in Egypt. Pharaoh promoted him. He was one of Pharaoh's, um, and, and I don't know if he was an official or not. He got second in command in all of Egypt. And on his way to the top, there's a story of him working in one of Pharaoh's officials, a guy named Potiphar, in Potiphar's house. And one afternoon, uh, Joseph is working in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar's not there, but Potiphar's wife is. And she's the original desperate housewife. And Potiphar's wife tries to seduce Joseph. She tries to seduce him, and Joseph does not just say no. Joseph, to quote Paul, flees from sexual immorality and runs out of Potiphar's house halfway across Egypt. Now back to Jack and Rose. Back in, J in Rose's dorm room, okay, things start heating up and clothes start coming off. It gets PG-13, maybe even a little R, and then all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> Rose stands up to use the, the restroom. She goes into the bathroom, and then this must be the Holy Spirit, but all of a sudden, Jack, like, jumps out of the bed and, like, snaps back into it and comes to his senses, and he panics, just straight up panics because he remembered Bible study a few hours earlier and thinks about Joseph fleeing, and in a panic, in his boxers, flees out of the room, doesn't even grab the rest of his clothes, and, and, and runs clear across the University of Colorado's campus in his underwear. He flees. He took Paul literally. He flees from sexual immorality, which sounds absolutely ridiculous and a little bit unreasonable and I cannot imagine how awkward it must have been the next morning to see Rose in class where she comes up to Jack and goes here's your jeans uh, that was weird uh, let's not do that again and it sounds crazy but I'll say it again do not call wisdom legalism our boy Jack is coming back into this message at the end of this Purity ain't for the faint of heart, you guys. 
I used to minimalize it and kind of reduce it to Jonas Brothers and purity rings, and, and I rolled my eyes at it and thought that's all it was, but I'll say it again. Purity ain't for the faint of heart. It is a lifelong battle and fight before and after marriage to settle, to not settle for anything less than the ultimate that God has for you because you have an enemy who is trying right now like crazy to use pornography to steal from you and destroy you. But today I wanna show you why you should and how you can flee from it, okay? So this will get teachy and sciencey just for a few minutes, but I think you're gonna like this. You have a brain and it's amazing. God designed it, it's incredible. 50 million or 50 billion million neurons. It's got four miles of blood vessels in it. It transmits more messages in one minute than all the cell phones in the world will today. And your brain designed by God is constantly changing and shifting. The scientific term is the word neuroplasticity, that your brain essentially is an ongoing game of Tetris, transforming in the direction of what you let into it. So the messages you hear, the the movies you watch, the music you listen to, the voices you listen to, the thoughts you give attention to, the friends you hang out with, your surroundings drip by drip disciple you. The question is not are you or are you not being discipled, it's what's discipling you? Your brain is constantly changing. Now this is dopamine. Dopamine is awesome. You love dopamine. It's what makes you feel good, alive, and, and passionate, okay? So anytime you do something good or you, you ace a test or you, you see a parrot or you, uh, you, you, put, you, pet, you pet a puppy or um, you, uh, that was an inside joke, you, uh, you, uh, you, you watch a sunset or read a good book or you, you have a baby or you get married or you spend time with loved ones, eat a, a filet mignon, medium rare, rare, perfectly grilled, right? Anytime you, you watch a good movie or you, you, you do or experience something good, your brain releases dopamine, which makes you feel good, awesome, and alive. And your brain does that to reward the behavior to keep you doing the things that make you thrive. So let's call this guy right here, we'll call him Schmidt. This is Schmidt. He's an amazing, happy little stick figure. And Schmidt, let's say he, he wakes up early one day from the night before. Um, he got a great night of sleep where dopamine was on a, a, a slow drip in his brain. So he wakes up feeling good. And then he, he goes for a run and gets his endorphins going and his, his blood going. And so his brain rewards him with dopamine and he feels good. And then he goes to work and he, he works hard and he works with passion and he makes the world a better place. And so his brain rewards him with dopamine. And then he goes home and, and sees his wife, who's also a stick figure. And they, they obey God when God says, be fruitful and multiply and then they even cuddle after and now he's feeling crazy amounts of dopamine and oxytocin which is the love drug and he's feeling alive he's feeling good he's feeling connected his brain is chemically experiencing uh, love this is a good system designed by a good god but like all good things sin can hijack it so here's the question. What happens when pornography is, is introduced into Schmidt's life? The answer is the very same thing that happens when heroin gets introduced 
into Schmidt's life. You watch porn, your brain releases a lot of dopamine, which makes you feel great, so you do it again, releases more dopamine, you feel great again, not quite as great as before, but still great, and so you do it again, more dopamine, you do it again, and do it again, and do it again, you keep going, and eventually your brain starts to get spoiled because it gets the reward without doing the work. And because of neuroplasticity, your brain starts to change, physically change, blazing deeper and deeper neuropathway trails that connect the reward to the behavior, connect you feeling good to pornography. And now you start to need it. And now you start to build a tolerance to it. And the next time you need more graphic images and more intense videos as this works, the same neurocircuits literally as heroin and cocaine, taking you further than you wanted to go, causing you to stay longer longer than you wanted to stay and making you pay more than you wanted to pay. And eventually you start feeling withdrawals. And this is why you don't feel as happy as you used to. And this is why the world seems to be a little bit more black and white and not as vibrant anymore. And your, your body and your mind and your soul kind of feel disassociated from each other. And your soul is anxious or restless. And you feel a little less connected to the people in your life, less interested in the stuff that used to interest you. And you feel a little less attractive. And it's my personal belief that God wants every one of his kids made in his image to feel sexy in their own skin and feel attractive. I'm telling you, that is impossible when your brain is on porn. And to me, the scariest part is that reality starts to become boring because you get used to the counterfeit. You get used to the exaggerated fake version of it. This happens to us right now with social media as we scroll past billions and billions of, of filtered and perfectly saturated, beautiful pictures of people and highlight reels in the most beautiful places in the world and, and the water's more blue and the mountains are more green and before you know it, reality starts to get more boring and Instagram is better. The same kind of thing with porn. It, it feeds you something fake. It feeds you the exaggerated version, and the real thing starts to get more and more boring. John Mayer did an interview with Playboy magazine, and not to throw him under the bus, I love the guy, but he did the interview where he spent the majority of that interview praising and promoting internet pornography and saying he would rather, he would rather look at pornography than have sex with an actual human being. He has messed up and rewired his brain so much that he prefers the fake. And this is John Mayer, a modern day King Solomon who has unlimited sexual access any, anytime he wants to. And he's saying, no, I'd rather be in my living room with a 2D image on my computer than have the real thing. Dr. Satinover of Princeton University said this, it is as though we have devised a form of heroin a hundred times more potent, usable in the privacy of one's own home and injected directly into the brain through the eyes. The internet is now the biggest drug dealer in the world. 40 million people a day look at pornography, a third of them female. So this is not just 
a guy thing. This is a human thing. We are in this together. It will take in the porn industry, will take in more money this year than Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL combined. And that stat came out, I think, in 2011 when it, when it, when it just passed it. And now it's not even close. Way more money than the NFL, Major League Baseball, and, and, and the NBA combined. Today, more people will visit pornographic websites than will go combined to Twitter, Netflix, and Amazon. We are living in the middle of a human experiment right now. And, the ex- and we're the subjects, you guys. And the experiment goes something like this. What happens to hundreds of millions of people, including kids, when we give them infinite and unlimited access to everything and anything, sex and porn? And it's destroying us. Statistically, this is catching up. It is powerful enough to shatter kingdoms and take down nations. Historically, it has. And we are not the exception. We already aren't. And a lot of people, a lot of Christians will spend years and years looking at pornography, injecting this brand new drug straight into their brains in the privacy of their own homes and nobody, nobody else knows about it and they'll think it's harmless, but then they'll get married thinking they can leave behind years of feeding this cycle and rewiring their brains. And they're, they're in for a very, very, very rude awakening because your brain now knows where dopamine is found and it's not sex and it's not real love. It's now found in porn which is why a lot of secular articles like crazy are just pumping out material, encouraging couples to watch porn with each other before they make love with each other. They say, oh, it's because it'll make it more exciting, but the truth is that they now have to in order to get the sparks going. This is shooting bullets straight into your brain. Mix porn and neuroplasticity together And statistically, it is only a matter of time until it takes you down. There is no such thing as flirting with sexual sin. Like there's a reason Paul says flee from this. You don't tame it. You don't keep it as a pet thinking you've got it under control. 1 Peter 5.8, be alert and be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, and Beth, you can leave that up. Let's just pause really quick and acknowledge the fact we have an enemy, a very real enemy. We don't give him too much credit, but when it comes to this, sexual immorality, and specifically in our nation, this is his playground. I have trouble hearing you. Let me just turn this off. (laughs) Having trouble hearing you. Thank you, Siri. Well, let me say it again for Siri and the people in the back. We have an enemy and sexual immorality. And this is like the heavy part, but not anymore. Okay. That's probably good. This is his playground. It is. He has, stake, he has taken something good and now uses it to keep so many people in bondage. And I would say this, God is righteously angry, but not at you. 
at sin and at an enemy who has used in something good and he's taken it and used this specific sin to wreak havoc and destroy so many of his kids' lives. And if sexual immorality is the space where Satan has built his house, then even by talking about it today and exposing it and shining a light, it's like all of us just went to H-E-B to grab a bunch of eggs and we are egging Satan's house right now. That's how badly he doesn't want this exposed or talked about in church. We're taking back ground. We are taking back something good that God designed. Do not trade away his ultimate best for the world's immediate good. You have an enemy. Be of sober mind about it. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So a few years ago, I was in Kenya on a safari, one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do. And when you are on a safari in the, the savanna, the savanna, you, uh, and you have to, you have to um, go number one, you find a place where the animals go number one, and that's where you conduct your, your business as well. And so I, am, I was trying to figure out the, the best, most churchy way to, to say that. I think I got it. Um, but so in the mid middle of the afternoon, I got out of the truck and I found some shrubs and I took care of business. And I got back in the truck and we are, we are in the truck and we start driving. This is a true story, 100%, okay? We start driving just around those shrubs, those same shrubs, when all of a sudden my wife screams and we look over and the reason she screamed is because this was right there. I took that picture. That's, that's where I peed, guys, right over there. 30 seconds before. <laughs> so I see that, and my first thought is not, uh, aw, Simba. So cute. Just want to hug him. So fluffy. No. My first thought is, oh my gosh, I was terrified. I felt respect because I realized this thing could kill me so fast, it just decided not to, but it could have, okay? There is a TV show called When Wild Animals Attack, and uh, the, the, the animals attack because they're wild animals. That's why you watch it, and there's a part of you that roots for the animal because the people are just like doing something stupid always, and don't judge me, you feel the same thing. If you were honest enough, you would say it. There's a specific episode and some footage, and it's in this studio. I think they're filming a deodorant commercial, but there's, there's a fully grown male lion, and then there's a model holding a, the like, deodorant stick leaning up against the lion while they're snapping photos. And the lion attacks the model. The model was fine, but everybody is shocked in this video, going, wait, no, no, that wasn't supposed to happen. He's a nice lion. That's the exception. Wasn't supposed to, and you're watching it going, well, yes, he attacked her. This is an apex predator. This is a lion. Literally, God gave it teeth and an appetite, set it loose on planet Earth and said, kill and eat stuff. That is now your one and only job. It's a lion, okay? So here's my, here's my transition. Sexual sin is a lion. 
a prowling lion. Pornography is a lion. You do not keep it as a pet thinking you've got this thing tamed. You do not flirt with it thinking you've got it under control. You are not the exception. You are not the rule because eventually a lion is going to do what a lion does. 56% of divorces are partially caused by pornography. Pornography usage increases infidelity by 300%. There are increasing stats right now about porn causing erectile dysfunction in men by the age of 30. I could keep going with stats. There's a hundred more, but I'm going to stop right there. It's not that pornography just creates addiction or is an inappropriate habit. It's that it robs freedom and destroys homes and changes you from the inside out into something less than what you were made and meant to be, and you are worth more than that. And I'm telling you, God has better for you. And look right at me. He still does. He still does. This is so unfortunate because for so many of us, this stuff, like, it started in innocence, you know? And it's just the world we were born into in this time of history, and it just happens to be everywhere. And for some of us, it was just an incident or a moment or you were 11 and you watched a movie. There was one scene, and before you even knew this was a drug or what you were dealing with, it, it had you like a lion and pornography and neuroplasticity teamed up and rewired your brain into something less than what God has for you. But if you hear nothing else, church, you hear me say this right here, that God, the divine designer who divinely designed your fantastical brain in the first place, put neuroplasticity to work the other way as well. The other way as well. Pornography and neuroplasticity combined to, to rewire your brain to lust, but God and the gospel can partner up with neuroplasticity to bring it back to restoration and wholeness and healing. Neuroplasticity is not just like this bad word that makes you susceptible to, to bad thought patterns and anxiety and depression and addiction. It's the thing that you can utilize as a Christian wanting to be more free and less anxious and depressed, more happy, more thriving by utilizing it the way it's supposed to and, 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 and grooving and carving the right neuropathways into your brain that teach you to be a joyful and a peaceful and a thriving Christian. This is why God gave it to you and it's possible, it's possible to start loving again and start experiencing your surroundings in your life in saturated color again, to start reconnecting your mind, body, and your spirit and your soul all over again and, and getting your interest back for hobbies that you once lost and people that you no longer started. It's possible to get that back again and once again, I don't just say that because I have a Bible verse for you. I say that because I am a living example. I have experienced how good grace and truth are when they combine and you let them do their thing. Church, do not fear this. Do not roll your eyes at this. Accept and receive that you have a good dad who wants more for you. I'm telling you, it is so possible. He has better for you and he still does. Look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. Now that we 
know everything we just talked about, let's read this very famous verse. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, my body is no longer mine. It has been purchased by the blood of Jesus, and I can't just do whatever I want to do with it anymore. I'm offering it as a sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And then here it is. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. We talked about this last week. The world has sexual patterns and they are working right now for nobody and I wish they were, but they're not. And yet culture, the world is still feeding us from a a fire hose. You just need more. Oh, watch porn together before you make, like you, you just need more. If you're not finding it, and yet all of our souls, the soul of every person in this world, trying to find what they're looking for in the world and what that has to offer is singing what Bono wrote two decades ago. I still haven't found it. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Nobody is finding it. The world has patterns. They are not working, which is why Paul says, rather than do that, be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. So I'll sum this entire thing up by phrasing it this way. Porn has wired your brain to lust, but God can rewire your brain to love. That's how good grace is, man. Or else what are any of us doing here today? Once again, not because I have a Bible verse, but because I've experienced it. And you can go to fightthenewdrug.com and read stories and watch videos of thousands of men and women who have experienced the same kind of healing and the same kind of freedom. And so as we end and as the band comes back out, I wanna give you guys four just practical steps, four things to do as we, as we leave here. How do, we, how do we take what we learned, this new information, and actually apply it and have it change our lives? And by the way, these four steps you're gonna see work for any kind of struggle. So if pornography is not your thing, then first of all, praise God, praise God. But you got your stuff, and these four things, my goodness, will apply. And so here we go. Number one, eliminate access. It is impossible to diet when you have a pantry full of carbs and sugar. Amen. Like don't bank on your self-control, bro. (laughs) Eliminate access. How do you do that? These two websites right here go, this is the same The same concept, two different companies, triplexchurch.com, covenanteyes.com. What this is are replacements for your browsers on your phone and your laptop, and yes, both, not just one of them, on both, okay? And so essentially, you you put covenant eyes, I had this for like four years on my laptop and my phone. You put covenant eyes on your phone instead of Safari or Chrome, and it blocks you, it keeps you from going to pornographic websites. It takes care of the temptation for you. So even in your moments of weakness, you don't have access because you've eliminated that access. And even if you try, this allows you to utilize accountability, which is an amazing gift God has given us in community that you were meant to follow 
follow Jesus for yourself, but not by yourself. You can't do this on your own, which is why God gives you community, okay? Ryan and Ethan, they've known all of my stuff for over a decade. And when I got that on my computer, it lets you put in email addresses so that it can send your accountability partners updates on how you're doing, not so they can shame you and point fingers at you, but so that they can pray for you and have your back and pick you up and make sure if you fall, you fall forward, okay? This is, utilize this. So, so Jack is coming back into our story right now because Jack was addicted to pornography in college and wanted freedom so bad. Like you could see it in his eyes when we'd have conversations. He wanted to be free. God's best for his life, man, he wanted that. As you can clearly see from the last story I told you about him. But he got covenant eyes and he put one email down for accountability, his mom's. You might hear that and go, well, that's stupid. That's crazy. That's unreasonable. Fast forward to today, he's happily married and quite possibly the most free human being that we know. Only unreasonable men and women will walk in freedom in a world of sexual bondage. That's what it takes, man. How bad do you want freedom? Your world, your life should demand an explanation from observers, especially non-Christians observing your life. It should look a little different. It should look a little unreasonable. It should look a little opposite of the, the typical patterns of this world. How bad do you want freedom? Eliminate the access. Number, uh, really quick, before we go to number two. Actually, no, let's just go to number two. Okay, speak truth. Um, part of speaking truth is simply just confession, all right? Now that's, a, that's a, a cuss word in the church, but let me redeem it for you really quick. Only, like sin only has power in darkness, okay? So in other words, you can have secrets or you can have freedom, but you can't have both. That's why God created confession, eyes up here, not for him, for you. It's not for God so he can go, yeah, I, I heard you. All right, you're good. No, it's, it's for you to walk in healing. Not like everybody doesn't need to know your stuff. Somebody has to though. Find people that you can be real with. Get in the group. Groups, as you talk about it this week, probably the most appropriate, effective thing to do would be to split into to men and women so that you can get real if you need to, so that healing can happen. And, and like, how much freedom do you want? That's correlated to how real you are willing to get. So in our group with Jack, you, me, and Ethan, and a few other guys, back in college, a lot of us were struggling with this topic. And, and it all kind of slowly came out because everybody's so nervous nervous because you think you're alone and isolated that's why like if we were to, to do an altar call we're not going to don't panic but you'd walk out of here probably with so much more peace if everybody in here like was forced to be honest everyone like all of us would walk out of here not feeling alone at all and we'd be like my goodness we are in the same boat we are so much more in this together than you like you are not isolated and alone and in groups and with confession you find that out when walls start to come down and I love when walls actually like it's like you're chipping away at them and then all of a sudden they crumble because for weeks when we were doing prayer requests we would just be like guys uh, I've got I've just got some unspokens pray for my unspokens and I was new to faith and so I, I would go like what what is an unspoken 
and somebody would say, oh, it's just, uh, I, I, know, I know what it is and God does. And, and other than that, it's just unspoken. And okay, but can you just, that's super vague, bro. Can you give me a like, well, I'm just, I'm struggling. You know, it's just at night when I'm alone in my bed, laying down, I'm struggling. It's like, bro, we know what you're doing, man. All of us got the same stuff, man. Can we be real? How much freedom do you want? It's correlated with your willingness to get real. How real are you willing to be? Speak truth. Another part of that is memorizing truth, which is God's word. Bible verses like Romans 8.1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and speak them and speak them and speak them until they're not just memory verses, but become part of your soul. And like if your brain is an ongoing game of Tetris, transforming in the direction of everything you speak and everything you think and everything you sing, then make sure you're speaking and thinking and singing the right things. There is power in even saying the audible name of Jesus out loud. I just sent shudders down the spines of any demon or darkness that might be hanging around this church by simply saying the name Jesus, that all power and all bondage falls underneath my feet because Jesus has won it for me and then speak it and sing it and think it until you outsmart shame and do away with the shame in your life because if there's anything even more terrible or harmful than, than letting your brain watch hours and hours of, of videos and it's the shame you feel after that keeps you from God that messes up your soul so I've said this before, you might disagree, but I believe with, uh, with my whole heart, I believe this because it's my story. If you're struggling with any kind of secret sin, your biggest problem is not sin, it's shame. 2000 years ago, all sin was dealt with on the cross, like period, you follow me? Dealt with, gone, that is a covenant, paid for in his blood, sin has been dealt with. Your sin does not keep God from you, but your shame keeps you from him. Freedom from shame under this topic might just be your key to freedom from sin. That's my story. The moment I received Romans 8.1, not as a cool tattoo, but as this is real for me, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and you love me regardless of how I perform today. And if I'm crushing it this week as a Christian or not, you still, God, you feel the same thing towards me and finally receiving that and letting go of shame and condemnation and all of a sudden it's like pornography or any other drug of choice, whatever it is for you. You're like, you don't even need it anymore because you're no longer trying to self-medicate subconscious pain called shame in your life because it's, it's been healed, it's gone. It's like the things of this world begin to grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Freedom from shame, freedom from sin, speak truth, think truth. Your brain is Tetris, it's right now, it's happening. That's why it's so powerful when we gather in here and we hear truth and the word of God and we sing songs because your brain is transforming right now. This, this, this church service will have transformed your brain for the better by the time you walk out of here and how much you give yourself to worship. Speak truth over your life, guys. And number three, I'll keep going. Find freedom, find freedom. Okay, this is a very big statement that could be a whole series. 
but I really felt like I was just supposed to say this statement right here. Pornography is not your problem. If you can believe that. Pornography is the drug you've chosen to medicate your actual problem. There is hurt, wounds, insecurity, and fear deep down. And when you get triggered, like we all do, rather than face that and process that, we all choose in different ways to, to just self-medicate. And pornography is just a, a drug of choice for you, but it is not your problem, it is your drug. So here's my question for you. What are you medicating? What are you medicating? Because that is what Jesus wants to heal. Like there's a reason you keep running back to porn to want to, to escape. My buddy Dave tells a story. His testimony is so powerful because he spent 10 years drowning in pornography addiction. And then all of a sudden realized this, this thing's about to take down my life like a lion. And I want freedom so bad. So he did all the stuff, all the, the practical, tangible stuff. He eliminated the access. He got counseling. He started speaking truth. And he made it for six months sober. Six months sober, which is amazing, but he tells a story about being six months sober on a cruise with his family in Hawaii. And one night while his family is asleep, he's walking around and praying up on the deck of the ship, looking up at the stars. And, re and he realized, I've been sober for six months, but I don't feel free. Because he said this, he said, because if I let up for just a second, I'm back. He's done all the right things to get there. I'm just saying that's not the end game because his question was, is this what Jesus was talking about when he said freedom? And I would say no, that the news is actually better than that. You're not free as long as you can keep your gloves up for the rest of your life and wage war and make battle for the rest of your life. Jesus did not come back from the dead so you could spend the rest of your life as a sober, well-behaved slave convincing yourself you're actually free. Let me tell you guys, actual freedom feels like actual freedom. And that is phenomenal news. It's just that actual freedom is right on the other side of a lot of pain that you need to process and a lot of wounds that you need to face and a lot of truth that you need to let in. You might be in, all of us as humans share this in common. You are in for a journey towards healing, towards real freedom. And this could be a whole series of sermons. All I can do today, like Gandalf to Bilbo, as he left for a journey, is nudge you out the door by asking you this one question, what are you medicating with your drug? Whether it's porn or anything else. What are you medicating? What are you afraid of? What makes you so insecure? What is this subconscious pain that you do anything to numb? Jesus wants to heal that. But you gotta get real and answer that question. Get curious about what triggers you and why. Okay, God, let's go on a, let's go on a journey. It's worth it. Real freedom feels like real freedom. Find freedom. And then number four, and we'll finish right here. Advocate for the Imago Day. Pornography is an Imago Day issue. This is a human issue. It teaches humanity to see other humans as something less than royalty, 
then the sons are the daughters of the God of the universe. And so all of us, all of us have, have, have an obligation to do your part because this affects the world, okay? And so for a lot of us, for a lot of you in this room, that looks like getting free from pornography. So I'll say this, it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to be stuck. That's called grace and it's true and it's real. But it's not okay to stay stuck when Jesus has made a way and that right there is called truth. And the truth is Christian, you actually have an obligation to walk in freedom. Not only because Jesus paid the ultimate price so that you could do it, but because our world needs you to. Your spouse, your future spouse needs you to. Your kids, your future kids need you to. 88% of pornographic scenes depict aggression and violence. And there is a strong correlation between porn usage and domestic abuse. And victims need you to. They need you to find freedom. The porn industry and sex trafficking have a symbiotic relationship. More and more of this is being exposed and more and more is surfacing where those two, those two industries feed each other. It is a $99 billion a year industry with 4.5 million victims. Half of them are children. And so even in the privacy of your own home, and here comes, here comes, here comes, here comes truth. Here comes conviction. Welcome. Don't be afraid. Here comes conviction. Your mouse clicks in the privacy of your own home, increase exploitation and human trafficking. And you didn't decide that to be the system. And that might not be your fault, but it is your problem. And it's mine too. Why? Because we're advocates of the Imago Dei. That's who you are, that's who I am. That's who they are, our brothers and sisters who are slaves right now being filmed on camera, forced to do things just because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time or were born in the wrong place at the wrong time. They need us to find freedom. And if this isn't your struggle, praise God it's not. And don't throw stones. Do not throw stones, first of all, because you got your stuff and every behavior has a backstory. Every behavior has a backstory. And I'm not saying, like, absolutely, um, like, judgment and justice need to be carried out. And there is criminal acts behind a lot of the porn industry and sex trafficking, obviously. And it needs to be brought to justice. And I will celebrate when it does. But here's just a quick story. When we were, like, in 2012, we, we lived in India, me, Ryan, and Ethan, for a month with a pastor named Timothy. And I'll finish right here. And Pastor Timothy, he has given his life to ending sex trafficking in the red light districts right around his home. And so when we first went down there as young and zealous and passionate, justice-hungry Christians, maybe because we had just watched Boondock Saints and Taken, I'm not sure, but like we come into India just ready to like take the whole thing down, not from the inside out, but from the outside in. I'm like, I'm ready to jump on a motorcycle and go, go drive through red light districts and snatch some girls out of slavery and kill some pimps if I have to, but like, sorry if that's offensive, but I mean, Boondock Saints, like that, that's for real, but we got there and saw Timothy's strategy so different, so different. Inside out, not only does Timothy know the name of every slave in Miraj, India, he knows the name of every pimp. He knows the backstory of every pimp. He knows the name of every customer. 
He knows the name of every city official. The guy drops to his knees every morning and every night, pleading for God to save these slaves, these pimps, these customers, and these city officials from the inside out. Jesus, your salvation, your love, your mercy is all they got. It's all they got because Jesus came for all of us. That's why he says mercy triumphs over judgment. Not that judgment is not important. It's just mercy is, is what's gonna solve it. So like, would you rather get even or solve a problem? Would you rather get even or solve a problem? Taken is one of my favorite movies, but I'll just be, I'll be very clear. It's revenge porn because it just makes you get even because there's something deep in us that's like, oh, I love that feeling. However, not solving a bigger issue. I just feel better because we got even. But Jesus said, no, I'm here to solve something from the inside out. Every behavior has a backstory. Every person needs Jesus from the, the abused to the addicted. Oh, from that 13 year old girl in Cambodia to the executive board at Pornhub.com. Everybody needs Jesus and grace and mercy or else what are we doing here? And if, if grace just offended you right there, then I would say, come inside and let's throw a party called grace because judgment will make the earth more whole and that's part of our mission statement, but mercy will make heaven more crowded. Man. Well, can, we just, can we just stand? I'm like, I'm in that awkward moment right now where I feel just like so heavy and don't know what to pray, don't know what to say. Don't know how to land the plane on a message like this. I'm like, what am I, what, God, what am I supposed to say to people in this room who maybe have been abused or hurt or assaulted or maybe people are addicted or maybe there's this backstory that led to this behavior or maybe they've seen that or done that or they feel so much shame. I can't, I can't string together the right words in a sentence to make somebody not feel shame anymore. What am I, like, what am I supposed to say? And, I just think we need to pray right now before we go into worshiping, before we go into singing about how all bondage falls beneath our feet and chains fall to the floor because that's about to happen, but only by a move of God, not by information, not by sermon slides, not by music, by a move of God. This is our only chance. When it comes to this kind of topic and this kind of epidemic in our world right now, all we got is the grace of God. All we got is the move of God. That, that's our only chance, church. Without that, everything that's happening is irreversible. We need God to come in and do what only he can do. And so Jesus, my goodness, would you help us? I don't know what to speak into the hearts of every individual listening, God, but you do. So would you speak it and do what I can't do? I just think about my, I just think about my two-year-old Will in the world that we just brought him into and are gonna raise him in. And if I thought this has been difficult for me, I can't imagine what the next generation is facing. And oh God, would you would you reverse something? This great human experiment is failing. Secularism is failing. Thinking that we can do this on our own without you, without divine help is failing. So God, as it fails, let it, will we let it die? We let it die in Jesus' name.
And we pray for your grace, a move of God like a tsunami to rush in and fill all of these spaces and crevices and heal what only you can do. God, would you bring mercy? The one who knows every backstory, the one who loves every soul, the savior who had dinner with tax collectors, Pharisees and sinners, would you come here and speak to the heart of every individual person and heal people and and challenge them out the door on this journey towards healing. What are you medicating? God, give us the courage to answer that. Give us the curiosity to wonder why specific things trigger us and why we pick specific drugs. God, heal us, the real problem. Go heal that, we give you permission. And help us be kind to ourselves in the process. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I receive that as a revelation six years ago. And no natural thing can explain that kind of phenomenon. And I pray that same supernatural event over anybody in this space right now who needs it. You need a revelation of his grace, that there's no condemnation for you, that there's no, that shame is lying to you, that God loves the imperfect, addicted version of you. You need a revelation of that. Well, in Jesus' name, I pray for it right now. God, we never graduate beyond grace. So move, Holy Spirit. Oh, move, Holy Spirit. Have your way. In Jesus' name.